From Vestavia Hills City Schools, this is The Intentional Pursuit. Hey everybody, I'm Whit McGee. And I'm Brooke Wedgworth. Happy new school year, Brooke. It's good to see you again. Good to see you, Whit. Of course, you and I were here all summer anyway, working <laughs> right beside each other, but it, you know, it feels like the last school year just ended. It does. I promise you it really feels like it's May. And then I look up and all of a sudden, it's August and school is starting again. But we had a really busy summer with professional development and summer reading camp. So August did really kind of sneak up on me. Absolutely. It looked like that went so well. And I'm sure here in the coming weeks, we'll have the opportunity to talk about reflections from reading camp and some of the goals that we have as a school system. And by the way, if you haven't had the opportunity yet to go back and listen to our episodes from last year. We started in January of 2021. Uh, Go back and and give them a listen. We were just discussing uh, before we started recording some of the the great interviews that we had with teachers like Heather Hurt and Jarrell Horton and Erica Ponder and folks from all across our school system. Also, um, we, we wanna spend some time Uh, talking today about just our goals as a school system and uh, where we are, where we're headed, uh, some of the accomplishments that we've had. And uh, we thought, what better person to capture that than the superintendent of Estavia Hills City Schools, Dr. Todd Freeman. He has been here since March of 2018, uh, has uh, led the opening of Three new campuses, Dolly Ridge Elementary, uh, the new campus of Pazitz Middle School, the Vestavia Hills High School Freshman Campus, uh, and the implementation of our strategic plan goals. And Dr. Freeman joins us today on the podcast. Welcome. Hey, Whit. Hey, Brooke. I'm so glad to be here, and especially after the superstars you've already had in this lineup. So I'm privileged to be a part of it. Well, we're excited to see you. And as Brooke and I reflect back on the last school year, we capture that every year through an annual report. Uh, And we always put that out here in the community. You can pick up a copy here at the Board of Education office. You can get it at City Hall, at any of our schools, or on our website. Uh, And uh, we'll make sure to put the link along with this podcast episode where you can check that out. But the annual report really captures all of the great things that took place in the schools over the past year. Yeah, it's really been uh, a great read to me the last four years because it's a snapshot. Each school gives that a highlight of some of the many things that they do and accomplishments that they have. And then we give a total at the end of just some uh, beneficial points for the community to know, which I really kind of think of as a return on investment uh, because the annual report should just be that very thing. It's a it's a snapshot of the work we've done and what our successes are uh, and for the community that invests so much in a system like Vestavi Hills does, it's good for them to know what the return is. That's great. Well, I would really love for us to focus part of our time today talking about our system goals um, as part of our strategic plan. And so obviously we'll start with goal number one, which is to ensure that students learn and demonstrate a profound understanding of knowledge and skills consistent with expectations of teachers parents, and the community, and ensure that students find value and meaning in the work provided to them. So Dr. Freeman, I would just love for you to elaborate on what that goal has looked like maybe over the past year, some of our accomplishments with it, and then also even some expectations moving forward with this goal. Well, the annual report doesn't include some things that I think are nice to know about this goal. I mean, there was a major emphasis, Brooke, as you acutely remember in working on literacy for K-3, and that's something I think that came to fruition last year. There was a great deal of training that took place 
uh, relative to that goal for teachers. We had a robust summer program that I thought was outstanding for students. Uh, I think that's one of those hidden gems that uh, happened in the past year. In spite of all of the things we were dealing with pandemic, that was something that I think was coming at a perfect time. Uh, that was a highlight to me. We implemented in middle school uh, the an expansion of advanced programming for students. One of the things that Brooke and I have talked about with since I've been here was the growing needs within our gifted population of students. And uh, it you reach a point because there's so many of our students that do have a, a designation to receive gifted services. And we also have a lot that do not that want to have some advanced opportunities. So this past year in grades six, seven, and eight, we introduced the idea of advanced courses in all of our core areas. Uh, I thought that went very well. It's a transition year of all years uh, to go into that, but a number of students, and certainly a significant increase of students, had the opportunity to take those courses that they chose. And we tried to be careful about scaffolding how many students courses they could take in sixth grade and moving ourselves up. I think that's beneficial, particularly for a school system that places a high value on advanced courses in high school. And when we looked at a five-year trajectory in Vestavia Hill City Schools of, of advanced placement courses and enrollments, we, we have been increasing each year uh, over those five years of enrollment, and that's really good. This year, we're introducing uh, – well, I should say, really, we did some of this last year, but we were expanding some of our dual enrollment opportunities. And I want to emphasize that I think this is a really important and symbiotic relationship to have dual enrollment and advanced placement because they meet different needs. And so we've about tripled the enrollment of those programs this year in dual enrollment. I think we have over 170 enrollments. We have over 1,400 enrollments in advanced placement courses, which continues that upward trajectory. And so that tells me that there is a need, there's a demand for it by students and parents, and it has a different meaning and it, it fits a different circumstance that our students have. So I'm really excited about that, and I think those advanced courses we put in last year are taking us in that direction. One of the emphasis points that we've had with profound learning is to make sure that we have knowledge and skills uh, as part of that profound learning experience. And you can find those in different areas. Certainly, we value the academics. We value arts and athletics. They all complement each other to go beyond just a textbook or content standards. It's that's so much more when you're talking about knowledge and skills. Uh, but one of the areas we focused on has been in STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. And what we've been doing over this past year is beginning to amp up programming in K-12 so our students uh, in kindergarten through fifth grade, we want to provide them experiences in STEM. We want to do that for sixth through eighth and all through nine through 12. So we've been having uh, teachers that are being trained in computer science uh, curriculum in the elementary grades. Uh, we are introducing this year courses uh, in STEM that are related to robotics and automation, some in, in medical, a course called Medical Detectives, and one in computer science. So students at our middle schools can take those courses. We've introduced cybersecurity at the high school this year. So you're starting to see an expansion of a focus on STEM, and I think that's great. We're piloting this year uh, a program that I think you'll probably hear more about in coming podcast at Liberty Park with uh, a STEM program, something we'd love to see take place system-wide. And we're also uh, introducing a course of entrepreneurialism at the high school, which I think is a really neat opportunity through a program called Incubator EDU. I look forward to seeing how that 
works at our school. It's really a focus on competitive entrepreneurialism uh, for our students, and it requires a lot of partnerships. So I'm hopeful we'll have some uh, partnerships in the community that's going to make that even more successful. And and Brooke, I think you've already had the opportunity to see some of the work that is is gearing up at Liberty Park Elementary in that those those STEM areas, right? Oh, absolutely. I actually spoke with the teacher who's going to be leading the STEM lab and um, spoke with her this summer, and she was able to do a DIY to really work on what that would look like for kindergarten through fifth grade students and really take ownership in designing that. And she is so excited and had some great innovative ideas for that. So I can't wait to hear more about it and see it in action this school year. That's fantastic. Well, one one goal that I know that so many of our folks are really passionate about is the second goal of our strategic plan, which says that we are to embrace our leadership role in developing common understandings and shared community support for confronting the problems and challenges that impact the system, youth, and families. And boy, how critical have those words become to our work as a school system just in the past year to 18 months. We talk in goal one about learning, and that's our priority goal. Our second goal really addresses limits. Uh, you know, part of our mission statement is providing every student the opportunity to learn without limits. And we know learning is important, and we also acknowledge that there are always going to be limits. That's our motivation. That doesn't discourage us, but we know it's always there, and we're always working to overcome them. And so some focus areas that you find in this area, it has to do with safety and security. That's priority number one. Our students need to come to school and feel safe, the buildings to be safe. And we have a pretty significant uh, investment we're making this year in security uh, across our campuses. And we're also making a sizable investment in energy management services at the high school. We're doing some lighting retrofits, uh, some mechanical retrofits, and things like that. What we're trying to do is to strengthen the safety security mechanism, which is also a healthy school environment uh, as part of that plan. But it also goes deeper. It gets into social and emotional supports. And uh, this year we are introducing several things, one of which is a training uh, for all of our staff to go through in, in mental health awareness for themselves and our students. Uh, we're looking at uh, how we can better support our K-5 students, and our counseling team believes that that's a focus area for where we're going to have a mental health therapist work with our students this year. That's through a great partnership with Impact Counseling, by the way. Uh, and we also added a second counselor at the high school for college and career or college planning. And that's really important to note because I would say one of the more stressful times that many of our students have, and most of them, nine out of 10 at least start, they go right into college. That's a stressful year, senior year can be. And so we've added to that staff to complement an excellent counselor that we already have there with Oliver Aaron. And so I'm really excited to see that work and how that's gonna benefit our students. The last thing I'll say about this goal is that uh, we believe character is the essence in how we best manage situations that are limitations. Our students have a lot of things on their plate. There are a lot of stressors in life. Uh, but I think that we all acknowledge that character, which I believe, to use a definition from what I heard the other day, is the sum of all our habits. If, if all of our habits are habits of kindness and empathy and respect toward others, it helps us to focus a lens on how to best approach problems, how to best approach situations that are difficult, difficult conversations, things like that. So it's a great opportunity in the midst of, unfortunately, very difficult 
and divisive national discourse to take place that we can demonstrate the sum of habits and show how character can push us through even when we disagree, uh, even when we don't have the same viewpoint about things. Character helps us have important conversations. Brooke, I, I want to pivot to you for just a second because you spent a number of years as a, an elementary teacher in our system and in some other systems. And I'm just curious to get your take on as you hear these thoughts and, and, and you've seen firsthand what we've been doing in the area of social emotional support for students, just how important that really is in a classroom. Oh, it's a critical piece to a classroom and something that, you know, teachers probably have included over the years in what, you know, some way or fashion, maybe or maybe not. But it's something that there's so much attention now that I think it's important, and I'm thrilled that our district is being so intentional about the needs of our all of our students and our teachers as well. So I'm really glad that there is that effort to make sure that we're meeting all of our students' needs. Well, we're also going to look at our very last goal, which is goal number three, and it says we will strengthen leadership, management, and staffing systems committed to advancing the mission, beliefs, and goals of the strategic plan, which is a very large, lofty goal. But I would love to hear a little bit more about, again, what have we been doing with this goal? And then what are we looking forward to doing with this goal over the next year? Yeah, that's a great question. Our third goal really is the one that I think is important. It's the foundation to make sure we can do the first two goals well. So the investment in what we do in this goal has to do really do with people. Uh, it's uh, it's much about the investment we make in people. So we want to have the best leadership, and and we invest pretty heavily each year just in professional growth with our leaders. We also do that with our teachers and staff. And I think it's important to know that high op, uh, high performing, excellent organizations invest a lot of their uh, resources in research and development, research and design. I mean, for us, that's professional learning. And so we have been very intentional this past year in developing strategies uh, for professional learning communities. Brooke, you've been on this for several years doing it, and we really have wholeheartedly gone in as a system over the past year to, to provide designated times for our teachers to, to meet and to grow together and make experiences better for students and understand our students at a deeper level. And that's taken hold system-wide, and we're, we're, we have a great partnership with Solution Tree that is facilitating that work with us. The whole idea is to lift the whole organization by growing our professionals and, and investing in them. So that's a major part of that work that's been taking place. Uh, we've also spent a good bit of time on the resources and support our our uh, staff need, particularly with spaces. We want to make sure they have the spaces to do the things they need to do well. And we recognize in, a, in buildings that are older, uh, some are very new, but many of our buildings are older, that we're having to look at how we raise the bar of excellence for our facilities so that our teachers have spaces to do the things that they need to do. So this one's all about making sure we got the very best, keeping the very best, and providing the resources they need to do their work. And I have to add, I am thrilled about our commitment with Solution Tree. We've been working with them really for, I guess, a school year now. And just after working with them even last spring and the beginning of this school year, it's exciting to see um, even the excitement among our, our teachers and our staff about the work they've already done with professional learning communities and our next step. So I really think we're going to see some great 
um, products come out of that over this next school year as we continue our work with Solution Tree. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I'd love to, to wrap up with something that uh, you've, you've been sharing with uh, some staff members and community members, and that is uh, the fact that we just wrapped up our 50th year as a school system, celebrated our 50th anniversary. Now we're starting to look ahead to the next 50 and what that looks like. And I would imagine that there may be flying cars at some point I mean, in there, but uh, from a school standpoint, Dr. Freeman, what are you thinking in that area? Things are changing rapidly in our world. And our next 50, to me, I think is, we're on a precipice, I think, of really uh, elevating our game. And I would say that in an excellent school system such as ours, there's still room for growth. Uh, and there's a lot of illustrations of great organizations that always look for the next edge, the next thing they can do better uh, to sharpen the saw, so to speak. So we're doing that. We're thinking that way by, by designing our future without limits in mind. We've been working with a lot of stakeholders the last two years to have conversations about if we had what we wanted, what would our system look like? And I would just tell you that really today our wants are our needs. There are things in STEM areas, in arts, in athletics, uh, in capital, in facilities, in spaces, uh, in mental health, in social-emotional sports. There are things that no, are no longer wants, they're needs uh, to elevate what we do to provide our students the opportunity to learn without limits. So we've been visioning, we've been thinking about that, and we've been thinking about how we leverage the values that, that our first 50 years instilled in our system, which is a strength of tradition, it's perseverance through very difficult and challenging times, it's persistence with academic excellence, and it's also unparalleled community support. Those things are foundations for us. What we don't want them to become is walls. Uh, so we want them to be a foundation to build upon and grow uh, and strengthen our system. So we're talking about visioning. In other words, we're talking about pushing away from complacency and pulling toward innovation and growth and continuous improvement. And so throughout the course of the year, and I think on your podcast, you'll be doing some of that to hear about some of the vision we have in place uh, that we want to uh, cast for our future. And it looks really bright, and I'm really excited to to talk more about it in the coming months. Well, absolutely, and Brooke and I are excited about it too, um, just to be able to unpack some of these things that that have we've been talking about over the course of the podcast today, but just getting moving us to that next level. Um, you know, Brooke, in, in, in your experience of the school system, I, I would imagine that there's been a tremendous amount of uh, things that have changed over time, but there's always been that desire to just never be settled where we are, right? Oh, absolutely. I do think about how much things have changed since the late 90s, and that's even crazy to think about, but I can't even imagine where we'll be in 50 years, mm -hmm. really probably in about five or 10 years, even how much change we'll see. Well, that's absolutely right. And I can't wait to talk about it more throughout the school year. So thank you, Dr. Freeman, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to The Intentional Pursuit.